0: Show me. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Distilled Discussions, the foremost podcast destination for everything alcohol, particularly the magical elixir that is bourbon. We're going to do all kinds of alcohol, guys, throughout the series, throughout the podcast, I promise, Uh, but we are going to start off by focusing on a lot of the different bourbons um, that are widely circulated around the country and around the world. During today's show, we will be discussing everything Buffalo Trace. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and of course, our personal favorite aspect of of the show the tasting that's right we have a couple uh, we have a couple options for buffalo trace we're going to go through them uh, and tell you what we like about them what we don't like necessarily and uh, we'll compare them to other bourbons and it's going to be a great time but before we dive in to buffalo trace let's introduce ourselves i am J- i am your co-host John Profit and beside me is my friend Andy Clutch how you doing today Andy
1: i'm doing great i don't know about yourself
0: i am doing fantastic but you know it's actually going to make both of our days a lot better uh, let's actually. I think pouring up a little bit of that buffalo trace would uh, yeah. very much help us accomplish uh, a feeling of euphoria, or at least very much close to it. So uh, why don't you pour those drinks, and um, uh, we'll, we'll get this party started. And don't worry, guys. We will be doing a. We're going to be drinking uh, alcohol throughout the entire recording, throughout the entire show. Um, but there will be a specific. Top period in the show, a specific section of the show. We will be specifically doing tastings, so we are going to. Uh, we, will, we will. Don't worry, we will get to that. Andy, let's do a little cheers here, my friend. Cheers. That's right. Salute. Uh, oh, sorry about that, guys. Very excited about this show. Um, and actually, th- this is this was Andy's brainchild. So I want. we Andy and I are going to talk a little bit about ourselves quickly, very briefly how we came up with the idea for the show and then don't worry guys we will immediately very quickly as we as soon as we can jump right into the buffalo trace and uh, everything that goes along with that so andy tell them a little, quickly a little bit about yourself whatever you want to say and then uh how you came up with the idea for this podcast
1: so john and i we used to work together a few years back um so we really got to know each other kind of working together complaining about you know the old grind there but uh
0: yeah, we've, re- we've recorded as as our other Axiom and other fans and followers and haters that will, will likely know that we've recorded, yeah, we've recorded a litany quite a of podcasts, few other podcasts, together. podcasts together. Yeah.
1: Um, kind of, yeah, as John said, uh, recorded quite a few pod, just episodes on other Axiom yeah. podcasts. We've that heard of both ways,
0: point. the John, John Profit show, um, a lot of political stuff, a lot of pop cultural stuff. Yeah. But so. this is, and this is why I'm so excited about this show. It's completely. It's it's a little bit out there as far as what we're used to, very different. Um, it's nice to talk about something other than po- uh, politics and Game of Thrones. Yeah, I love yeah. politics <laughs> and I love Game of Thrones, um, and I do you but know
1: one of those has ended and one of those just infuriates everybody. Exactly, no what.
0: exactly. So it's nice to, to step back. It's like hey, you know, I like alcohol. You like alcohol? Let's, let's do talk a sh- about it. You, yeah. When you said let's do a show about alcohol, I was like, sure, it sounds great to me.
1: Yeah. So yeah, kind of as John said, this is something that both of us, I think, we really kind of connected over. Well, originally it was complaining about work and then complain and then doing podcasts a bit together, but then kind of growing over a shared love of whiskey in general. And so this is something that we're being based in Cincinnati and so close to the Kentucky border here. The easiest one, the easiest just alcohol for us to get our hands on, and frankly, probably the cheapest one we can find outside of beer is bourbon. bourbon. Yes. So, this
0: was something that. And it's also just a delicious, amazing product. Well, and that too, of course.
1: I mean. (laughs) But we are right there on the border. Yeah. Mason Dixon Lines is just a couple minutes away. Pretty much, yeah. So, this was something that, as John said, was really my brainchild. I kind of. I've done a few of the. I've done a few distillery tours, uh, many of them on the actual bourbon trail. And this was something that. How many would you say you've been to? I think I've been to. Uh, Combined, I want to say I've been to about eight or nine distilleries Gotcha. in total Mm
0: -hmm. for bourbon. And I know you have plans to go to to additional ones as well. Yeah, so my my plan – As do I.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, of course, my my end goal, complete the entire bourbon trail there. Of course. Uh, As is, I think, anybody who is a lover of bourbon would say that's kind of a goal to actually go visit these distilleries.
0: Yeah, so you're so you're very much the uh, the connoisseur, if you will. I of uh, us two, at least. Uh, of course, I, I'm the connoisseur. I'm, you're the mooch. That's right. <laughs> as and, and I'm totally fine with that. Uh, you know, you bring the bourbon and I'll drink it, and we'll we'll shoot the shit and have a good time. Yeah. You know, as my glass uh, here says, and as I uh, frequently tell people, I drink and I know things, but. When it comes down to it, it. i really time, don't know that much about the, drinking other than yeah exactly i don't really know that i do i drink and i know you, things you, but you i don't know really know
1: enough for conversation
0: right yeah i drink and i know things i i know enough to talk about it and i i know what i like like i know what tastes good and i know what gets me drunk but besides that i'm not you know i'm far from an expert and of course we're not yeah. going to sit here and say you're a complete expert we're we're both no, going to become I'm, yeah, well both more both versed. Are do far from
1: Yeah, actual legitimate experts,
0: right? And we'll become far more versed during this process. This was one of the things we're excited about doing it is we're going to learn a lot, as will all of you and uh, we'll have we'll get drunk and have some fun in the process. But you're definitely going to be more of the expert on this. uh, So yeah, this is definitely your uh, your brainchild. And uh, but it was a great idea. Because as I mentioned earlier, I'm always doing political stuff. I've actually just taken a very, uh, very uh, exceptional new opportunity. And that's going to very much be taking me away from the podcasting uh, and the news media realm. So I'm 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 stepping really much very much away from the other podcast which is nice because I don't have to cover politics anymore. Nice change of pace. But it's nice to also still be in the game somewhat on the side recording podcasts doing the bourbon thing yeah. uh, the distilled discussions. So so I'm you know I think it's the best of both worlds and I'm really excited about it. So Yeah, uh, it's
1: something we just kind of out of the air decided to just do because we wanted to have fun with something and record it as a podcast. Right, So that exactly. was our that was our Kind of main goal there: have fun with you guys as the listeners, and share kind of a collective walk down this path, trying all these different whiskeys and sharing them with yeah. you
0: guys. I apologize in advance; I will be vaping throughout the show. Yeah. Um, so if you hear oh, that, if you hear that, I do apologize. But again, uh, you know, it's better than smoking cigarettes or smoking a cigar or something like that. You know, so smoke cigar and. Sc- <clears throat> excuse me, and bourbon would be great, um, but not as healthy, I don't think so. I do apologize, but it is a part of the experience, uh, but I do want to give you a heads up on that. And I also want to let you guys know, we will be doing multiple podcasts, or I should say, multiple uh, types of alcohols uh, as we go throughout the podcast. We're going Eventually. to focus very much on bourbon early on. Yeah, then that's going to start Maybe us. do some scotch, or, you know, tequila. We're, we are going to expand. We're going to do a lot of stuff, but we're going to be very much focused on, on, on the brown alcohols early on, specifically yeah. bourbon. We will even probably venture to breweries and into two types of beer. We have all kinds of craft breweries in the Cincinnati area. So we're going to expand to Ryan guys and things like that. And mad tree and and 50 West and what have you. Yeah. Eventually.
1: Uh, Yeah. Eventually, especially once all this COVID insanity passes, we'll try and get you guys some content directly from the people that make the products that we like to Enjoy drinking.
0: Absolutely. So yeah, we're not just going to do multiple types of alcohols, um, but we're also once like Andy said, the COVID stuff's done with, or at least has somewhat improved. Yeah, we're actually (laughs) we're actually going to go to distilleries, we're going to go to breweries, we're going to go to all kinds of different locations, do direct interviews with like you said, like master distillers, people who run the businesses,
1: head brewers, exactly
0: things like that. So this is going to be, and we're going to eventually implement a a video portion of the show. So just want to kind of get you give you a quick intro into myself, a bit of a teaser into into Andy and into what we're going to be doing here in the future so let's jump right in andy but before we get into buffalo uh tray specifically why don't we talk a little bit a little bit about uh, bourbon in more general terms
1: yeah so with bourbon uh, it's a category of whiskey as most people probably know um it is the first one it's probably the foremost one actually at least that is a solely american product it's something that actually the federal government has made a. I don't even remember that what they designate is, it but it's like a historical <laughs> item for America, like a piece of Americana there, if you will. And it, as we were kind of talking, it's a style of whiskey that is solely American. Uh, there are several different American whiskeys, and bourbon is a type of whiskey, but not all whiskeys are bourbons. Mm-hmm. And and there's – we'll go in-depth at some later point in a more in-depth podcast, but a lot of that comes down to the strict legal requirements the American government sits here and forces us to have – or forces the distilleries, rather, to have to follow in order to make it as a product and their their own um, high standards that they have for the Mm, product. Because, of course, at the end of the day, they want to make more money off of us patrons that want to buy it and drink it. So the main components of bourbon are going to be grain, water, yeast, the barrel, and age. And that's pretty much going to be any whiskey in general. But with bourbon, it has to be at least 51% corn. And the other three grains that they choose to use primarily for most bourbons will be barley in there and then either wheat or rye. And of course, it has to be for all those who know their bourbons, it has to be aged in a new oak cask, charred oak cask. It can't be a repeat repeated uh, barrel that you're gonna use and be still be able to call it a bourbon. And as soon as it touches, there's kind of a couple different phrases that you could or different ways that you can call it a bourbon so to be able to call it a bourbon it has to be like we said made in america in a new oak cask charred oak cask and it has to be aged in that barrel so by technicality if you age it or much distill it the way distillers are supposed to distill it as soon as you put it in the bottle if you were to put it in there for five seconds and pull it out you could technically call it a bourbon (laughs) at least to my understanding of it but to call it a kentucky straight bourbon at least, or an American straight bourbon, it has to be aged in that barrel for at least two years.
0: And Buffalo Trace is Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. Yeah. Which means it's in there for two years, right?
1: Yeah. So that that's a fairly easy, distinct way of being able to tell that it's at least a two-year-old product. And most most bourbons will meet that straight Kentucky bourbon label and that they've been aged at least two-plus years. So that is more or less what bourbon is. There's a bit more, as I said, we can go into on what it makes it really bourbon, but we'll go into that at some later time in more in depth in a separate episode.
0: Now, also to be considered bourbon, it does have to be distilled and manufactured in the state of Kentucky, correct?
1: Not technically. Hmm. So that that actually is a common myth or belief of people that it has to be only aged every, like a whole process has to be done in kentucky and while the majority of bourbon actually is made in kentucky because along the kentucky river i think it's a kentucky river at least they have lots of limestone deposits that make the water great for the actual distillation process and actually making great bourbons it can technically be made anywhere in America. Mm-hmm.
0: So it seems like that yes, bourbon can be made anywhere in America, but it cannot be actually labeled bourbon specific explicitly unless it's made in the state of Kentucky. So, for example, Jack Daniel's sour mash whiskey is made in Tennessee, obviously. Well, that number seven. That, so it's technically that, they say it's technically bourbon, but it, because it's not no. produced there, it doesn't that, count.
1: Well, that's t- Jack Daniel's is actually a Tennessee whiskey, which is a different style of American whiskey. Hmm. So. It, it doesn't exclude as I was saying, it doesn't exclusively have to be made in Kentucky. It's just, if you follow the exact processes that pretty much every distillery for bourbon, which are almost all in Kentucky, at least the big names are, or a lot of the big names are, you can still call it a bourbon whiskey. It's just, you have to say, you know, made distilled Say in Oregon or in Indiana, New York, wherever
0: you gotta specific you gotta specify that yeah. it's not Kentucky
1: bourbon. Yeah, and that gotcha. that's just part of their federal government labeling requirements.
0: Right. Yeah, I see. Because that's how I feel about it personally. Yes, you can make it the exact same, <laughs> but if it's just, not produced in Kentucky, I'm, Kentucky a, I'm just a does bur- it best. <laughs> I'm a bourbon snob. You're a bourbon snob. That's why we're doing this. So for my for you know, personally, I consider it it's not actually a bourbon unless it's made in Kentucky. Even though we know. It can it, still be made yeah. outside of Kentucky.
1: Yeah, is but that's
0: it, a that's a snob, That's more of a snobbish like s- s- viewpoint. But you know that's what we're here for. In yeah, some, in some ways. But you know, and everyone's personal preference. If you want to have your your bourbon made in Brooklyn, New York. Go for it, like Go that's on for, yeah. you. But we're gonna stick with the ones in Kentucky, most likely at <laughs> yeah. least throughout this this show. I would assume so, we would do that. <laughs> yeah,
1: those will be the easiest ones for us to find.
0: Right. Um. So awesome, Andy. Let's. Uh. Why don't we dive a little bit more into Buffalo Trace. One of the things, um, that I specifically love about Buffalo Trace is other than of course the the beautiful deliciousness of the the actual product when it once it hits your lips, Andy, it's so good. Uh. But I, I really love how old the distillery is. Um. And yeah, you know, it's actually. Uh, the records out to this point indicate that Buffalo Trace, at least, um, you know, was now the site of the Buffalo Trace Distillery. Um, they started distilling there in 1775 before the United States of America yeah. was even founded.
1: Yeah, so there is. Um, yeah, and so that's pretty much correct. I mean, what, well, what is now the Buffalo Trace Distillery? Distilling occurred on that site, even though the distillery wasn't made, built during that time. Sometime around 17, I've seen it be anywhere between 1773, 1775, around mid-1770s there. So, they started distilling during that time, but really the first actual, like, physical barrel houses, everything, like the actual buildings, were in the early 1800s mm-hmm. and so this is kind around, of a, it looks like around 1812 yeah around 1812 and this is kind of a point of contention for them because they like to claim that they're the um they're actually the oldest di- continuously operating distillery in america because right. of that but records and guinness guinness world record people have certified the buildings that Maker makers are using are actually right yeah are the con- longest continuously operating or at least the oldest right. actual physical distillery yeah but so it's, it's kind of a point of contention
0: which is funny because yes the company yeah buffalo trace the company that owns them they definitely claim that their distillery is the oldest continuously operating distillery in the united states yeah. but like you said a lot of experts guinness book of world records they recognize the facilities where makers mark are, are, are being produced which of course is another great bourbon that we will yeah. eventually we'll, we'll uh, get be to covering. that one at some point yeah the uh uh, looks like, and in, in, you know, when it lo- the company when it was first, it, it kind of ch- changed hands a l- slightly a little bit yeah, early had on. Yeah, quite
1: a few um, rev- very notorious master distillers. They've had right. a lot of very famous names go through there, mm-hmm. and they've had a lot of different um, distillery name changes, actually. Right. So originally it was the Old Fire Copper Distillery. and right, You still right. see that late, the OFC label across at least all their wares. aging warehouse. Gotcha. Back
0: when uh, it was purchased by Edmund H. Taylor.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: And I believe, uh, correct me if I'm I'm wrong, isn't Old Fire Cooper, isn't that a brand of one of their... Isn't that one of their bourbons they sell?
1: I'm pretty sure that actually... I have not seen it on Let's shelves here that. in the Cincinnati Northern Kentucky area, but I believe it either was or still is one of their brands. Okay, yeah. If I'm anybody not... can find that for us, we would love to see it and, and taste, and it, taste it. If you can find it, I'm
0: actually not. Now, now that I have mentioned it, I'm actually not seeing it
1: on your list of brands here. Yeah, I which don't think we'll it, cover more extensively later on. Yeah, I don't to, think it. To my knowledge, it's not a a. Bourbon that they are actively marketing right now, right?
0: But then Taylor Taylor sold the distillery uh, eight years later to George T. Stagg, along with the old Oscar uh, Pepper distillery, and uh, you know, and that's again another change of hands. So the, the the distillery has kind of bounced back and forth. But Stagg Junior, uh, George T. Stagg, like those are actual. I know for a fact those are brands that they are selling. Yeah.
1: So the, the yeah, a lot of these, and that's exactly what you'll see is a lot of the brands that they're either exclusively making themselves or making with in combination with like former owners of the distillery and the brand or in partnership with other people you'll notice a lot of them are very very famous brands and or named after former master distillers at Buffalo Trace and so the the distillery what actually so their actual distillery named Buffalo Trace was I want to say around the 1990s or early 2000s they actually named it Buffalo Trace. Wasn't it, and was it in 1999? I, I want to say around 1999, because that's when they came actually came out with their flagship Buffalo Trace bourbon. Right. Um, because, of course, they were, as we said, they were distilling well before this, but they really didn't have the name. Mm-hmm. Like, they had the name, but they really didn't have a product that the name bore.
0: Yeah. I love um, how kind of revolutionary and visionary... This brand was Buffalo Trace, one of the first, uh, you know, started, you know, started to or not technically what we now know to be Buffalo Trace, but on the same site, people connected to what eventually became the company. They started off before the country was even, uh, you know, was even America, exactly before it was even founded. They were one of the, you know, one of the very earliest distillers in the entire country. Uh, Lots of, uh, of course, changing hands, but then they there were other aspects of them that they're very revolutionary. Were the taste, which we're going to talk about a little bit later, and uh, when Stag became the controlling you know he had the controlling share of the company he was actually he put in uh, he installed a system uh, I should say a steam heating uh, system in the storage warehouse which was actually the, which was actually yeah, the first climate were, controlled yeah, warehouse for aging whiskey in the nation yeah that is to huge. my knowledge at least right. they were
1: the first people to do that
0: exactly that's a huge advancement in, in the uh, production and, distill of, and distillation of whiskey and in, of bourbon. yeah
1: and in, another big thing for them too of course is As any, if anybody's been there, this is something they definitely love to hype up is that they're on the National Register of Historic Places Mm -hmm. and it's a National Historic Landmark. The actual distillery is. And a few years, so I want to say in the, sometime in the 1800s, at least part of the distillery did burn down due to a fire. And a Hmm. few years back, they act, when they were actually doing some renovations on the distillery, I think this was before their current renovations and expansions and everything they're doing. If I remember correct dates correctly, they found what was like the foundations for one of the original buildings. And it's something they love to just hype up right now. Yeah. <laughs> and so you've been to the Buffalo. Trace. Yeah. I, I actually, so I got to visit them. pain us a
0: word picture, Andy.
1: I got to visit them in around September, October of 2018. And I mean, to be honest with you, it, it's when you go there, it obviously is a very, very old distillery. I mean, none of the buildings outside of maybe their visitor center, at least that I got to visit, um, were really, really new. I mean, sure. You know, they've got as technology has progressed, you know, and they've built bigger warehouses and everything. They've had some, you know, mechanization and everything that's helped them be able to do what they do at the distillery. But, Very clearly, you can kind of tell like it's still extremely old. It actually is a fairly pretty area to go visit. Mm -hmm. They're they're in Frankfort, Kentucky, which
0: is of course just slightly northwest of Lexington. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's a gorgeous part of the country. Just yeah, you know, plains and and just grassy, you know, rolling hills. Mm -hmm. Of course, you got the down there in Kentucky. It's not just bourbon country, but it's it's horse breeding and racing country, and it's a it's a gorgeous area. Yeah.
1: So as yeah as John said they're kind of a lot of distilleries actually actually are in that area um Lexington Frankfurt that area right around University of Kentucky of course again still big horse racing country big bourbon country there so it it actually really is a gorgeous area and something that you'll of course one of the first things you're gonna see is their giant water tower mm-hmm. with their emblem across it the buffalo trace name the buffalo and everything and so and that actually kind of segues into something that i would want to point out with this is where they got that name is and why they kind of chose the location they're at is because at least as they tell it way back when when buffalo were far more american buffalo were far more prevalent in this part of the united states Mm mm-hmm that part of the river that they're on was a key area that the buffalo would cross yeah for like their um their migrations everything
0: right right there on the kentucky river in frankfurt
1: yeah and so the and that's that was a buffalo trace it was something like like you could kind of trace their migration pattern right and so that's where they pull the name from i love it and why they call it that brand yeah
0: yeah it's a gorgeous view right there with these tall old beautiful trees right there on the river really gorgeous yeah like you say they always you're always going to notice that water tower coming in and and man the the buildings are so they look they do look so old
1: i mean they're extremely old, but it
0: gives you in it it, not and it almost looks rundown i I think but not quite it's like kind of like uh the the hipster like rundown type look like it's it's, it's, are you homeless or are you a hipster no you're just a hipster you're doing it i I would almost
1: call it a controlled Rundown look, absolutely, and part of that is it gives it that it's, old it's feel, that authentic it's, feel. It's, exactly, it's part of the, it's part of their history that yeah. they want to keep that there as long as they possibly can, yes, and, until they're either f- for whatever reason forced to have to get rid of it, and it which just, is hopefully never,
0: right. And it just because of that, it just feels like the mo- it's like the it feels like one of the if not the most authentic old school. Um, Uh, distilleries in the country because of that and i do love the origin of the name and i hope that's true and buffalo did used to be just you know there were so many of them they're all across the the country and uh yeah they that was a very popular crossing spot for them and uh, another thing that so you know across the board buffalo trace is one of the more interesting iconic uh distilleries because for all the reasons we're mentioning and i we you know we almost left out that this has been around for a hundred years. There's all kinds of things that have been that have taken place in America over those hundreds of years, including including prohibition, where out the consumption yeah. and production of alcohol was actually outlawed in the United States of America. Now that we all know but, that was a joke, that's that that, re- a farce that a resulted in yeah, you know, that resulted in the the rise of uh, organized crime and you know alcohol consumption b- never really slowed down and production actually sped up. And, if you
1: knew the right people, yeah, it never right. really slowed down. But, but actually, Trace, pu- yeah, exactly, they were so interesting couple different facts about them i like to point out about this going forward here they were one of the very few at least bourbon distilleries that were allowed to continue as we were saying previously yeah they continuously operated legally yeah legally right well how how can you do that during prohibition well they got a license (laughs) from the government to quote unquote make bourbon for medicinal purposes amen now anybody that really knows it i think it was 30 milliliters a week per person that you could get it if i remember thirty milliliters I, if i remember the math correctly i ain't on that. shit
0: son i need more than that <laughs>
1: um so of course a lot of people they would just go to their doctors and there's something else about bourbon i find hilarious is that people would just go to their doctors complaining of any odd ailment, even if they didn't necessarily have it, they complain. Right. I'm dehydrated, dehydrated toothache, <laughs> headache. Oh, just write you a prescription for bourbon. Go get bourbon. It they is de- a painkiller. Yeah, of source. In a sense. <laughs> yeah. Of source. Might not be the best one, but it's a painkiller. Definitely not the best way to use it. Um,. And it was just so prevalent that people would abuse that the system right. that way that they they'd still even do it for it. their kids.
0: People wanted alcohol, and it's yeah. funny you mentioned. It. It's funny you mentioned it, and it's funny that that's actually a thing that happened because right, we, we're obviously dealing – You know, I don't want to get into it really at all. But, uh, but we're dealing with COVID right now, and one of the things they they deemed essential was liquor stores because mm-hmm. people need their alcohol for medicinal purposes. Of course, that's why they're that's why they're essential. That's why they're
1: required. Yeah. But I get it. People who and distilleries could kind of still. Slightly shift right. what they were doing Pe- to make hand sanitizers and things like that.
0: Right, the people who, right. yeah, and many places did do that. Many uh, alcohol companies did make uh, start making hand sanitizers. And shout out to the people, the companies nice enough to use their facilities and their uh, production lines to do that. Uh, it was it's interesting because, and there are people who there are people who if they you know they're drinking heavily and they've done been doing that for regular time in you know, a long period of time, if they were suddenly did not have access to alcohol. There would be... Physical effects that could that could harm them, and you could actually see people who are hardcore alcoholic, completely dependent on alcohol. They could even die if, if uh, it was deemed non-essential uh, and it closed down. And of course, that's not exactly what they were doing in back yeah, in the good no. old days, back in the, the during Prohibition, back in the twenties. But yeah, they there were of course people. I mean, people still wanted alcohol, and they were going to make sure people got it. And it's and it's it's funny because with the, the whole medicinal thing, that's exactly what all, many states have been doing with marijuana for d- uh, decades now. California, yeah, at least a couple decades. Yeah, now. California leads legalized a medical a while ago and it was you know and and they took a very long time actually surprisingly to legalize recreationally and but it was the same kind of setup where it's like oh I have you know I was in a skateboarding accident I have nerve damage in my knee Wink, wink. Or, you know, like I have anxiety or I have a headache. Or, I get migraines, you know, whatever it might be. And they just tell their doctors that their doctors give them a note. And it's really kind of a, you know, unspoken uh, agreement where we the doctor is giving out this 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 script, even though for medical weed, even though this person really doesn't need it. They just want it. And the same thing was going on. Uh, you know 100 years ago. So I think it's really yeah. cool and again I think them being one of the few companies to remain open during prohibition just shows yet again how historic they are, how iconic they are and how uh you know how much of a leader they have been in this industry for hundreds of years.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And it looks like right now the production capacity of Buffalo Trace is estimated at about 2 uh 2.6 million gallons uh, about 10 per, million liters per year. Yeah, 10 million liters. That's
1: insane. I mean, yeah, I mean that that's yeah, and that, that's what their estimated yearly average is. Now, right now, something that's going on with them, for anybody that knows, as I was kind of alluding to earlier, they're going through a little bit of a shortage right now, and they're having to do a lot of state allotments because right now they're going through an expansion. They're doing a lot more expansion. It's about $1.2 billion between them and their parent company, Sazerac, which is also something they, one of their products that they make uh Sazerac and Sazerac rye but they're doing about 1.2 billion dollars to update their bottling halls add some more warehouses aging warehouses i think add some more mash mash tunners and actual distillation tanks and everything to their facility to be able to really ramp up a lot more production beyond that but so,
0: it's about a about a 200 million dollar capital investment for expansion uh, yeah. that took place that started started underway back into 2016.
1: Yeah, it's about 200 million then, originally from Buffalo Trace and then Sazerac I think did the other billion if billion dollars of it. That's a huge to update everything. That's
0: a huge vote of
1: confidence. Yeah, so they're exactly. And there's about 3 to 4 years into that now doing that and they've they've really been From what I've seen and when I even visited in 2018, they've been doing a lot of it. It's going along well so far from what I've been able to see. That's great. So, you know, if you can't find it on the shelves right now, don't worry. It's coming up. (laughs) It's coming back. There is a very good reason. (laughs) They're not intentionally trying to limit their bourbons to make them very, very elusive. Yeah. It's because they are just expanding their capacity to market to everybody. Right. And the demand is just so high, it just goes really quick
0: of course and Joe Rogan constantly talking about it on his podcast <laughs> doesn't help out <laughs> yeah of course you know like he the loves biggest his buf- podcast right. podcast he loves his Buffalo Trace help. yeah he's always talking about that shit he loves it and I can't say I blame him at all um and it's in Buffalo Trace isn't just a powerhouse it's not a, a knockout um Sazerac as you briefly mentioned yeah. they are a killer when it comes to this industry um I mean they have a litany of brands that include Buffalo Trace E.H. Taylor George T. Stagg Stagg Jr. Benchmark Old Taylor um the Sazerac and the Sazerac Rye that you previously mentioned, W.L. Weller, Blanton's, and these are Van Winkle, Old Rip Van Winkle, Pappy for, Van Winkle. I mean, they're yeah, crushing it.
1: For the record, these are all ones that are actually made on Buffalo Trace's grounds. Right. These are not necessarily Sazeracs. These are everything that Buffalo Trace distills, either by themselves.
0: Does Sazerac own all those brands? I thought they were I, are they not the parent to, company of these. I,
1: I mean, I guess technically you could argue. Well, they own them, but Buffalo Trace is the one that actually distills them and owns the brand. Gotcha. So it, it's kind of trickle down by association, I guess, if you will. Gotcha.
0: But they, but they, yeah, they are definitely yeah. manufactured and they're owned are, by the parent all, company, yeah. Sazerac. Yeah. yeah,
1: they're all owned by Sazerac, but Buffalo, Buffalo Trace is, is kind the of one a, that actually does. Yeah, they're the all flagship, and they're taking care yeah. of it all. Yeah, and
0: it's their, like you said, it's their facilities and
1: all yeah. that. And um, as, as you kind of said, some of these ones. Each Taylor, like Stat George T. Stagg, Stagg Jr. Some of these ones are named after a lot of their former master distillers throughout the years, right? Of course. And then some of these other ones, um, like Blanton's, they do they distill there. Um, Van Winkle brand they do in partnership with the Van Winkle family, so they actually do everything, and then the Van Winkle family just kind of comes in and says, "We like here's how we want it done. <laughs> do it." <laughs> right. Um. And then, surprisingly enough, they actually do have a vodka they make, Wheatley vodka, mm-hmm. which is, I've tried. I'm not much of a vodka drinker, but I didn't mind it. Right, it's a solid uh, vodka. And, yeah. and maybe we'll,
0: and again, yeah. we're going to get to other types of uh, alcohols, and it's very possible we will get to Wheatley at some yeah. point.
1: And the reason, and you'll see this with a lot of different um, whiskey brands that they'll have like some random other, you know, like maybe like a flavored whiskey or like a liqueur or a vodka, something like that, that they'll just make on the side to be able to sell. Mm-hmm. Because the, the main reason being is that whiskey in general takes a long time to mature. Right. It's not something like vodka origin. You can just like distill bottle and sell the next day. <clears throat> it's something, you know, that, as we were saying earlier, it takes years really for the best, for the best brands at years to make it. And gotcha. so this this was just kind of something they decided to make in order to make some more money while they're waiting for the bourbons that they distill to mature and then sell them. Gotcha.
0: Cool. All right, Andy. I think uh, we've ta- we've done everything that we need to, except for the best part of the <coughs> best show. Best part of the show. The yeah. tasting. So we're gonna actually we're gonna taste uh, with you guys two types of the uh, Buffalo Trace brands. Andy, why don't yeah. you pour me just a smidge of the regular Buffalo Trace? We'll yeah. Start with that so here's one.
1: here's what we'll start off with. First is we're starting off with their regular, just Buffalo Trace that they make and distill yeah um like we said at some point we might do more of their brands in various other episodes but we wanted to start off since this is kind of their flagship that they're most commonly selling Mm -hmm. we wanted to start off with this so
0: guys this is the part of the episode where you if you haven't already i mean assuming you should be drinking from this whole thing but if you haven't or or you're you're down to to the the bottoms of your glass pour yourself another drink or pour yourself a drink of the buffalo trace and uh take a step with us yeah Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, that's the stuff, man.
1: Yeah, and that that is really good. I mean, it is. So this is a bourbon for about a seven hundred and fifty milliliter bottle. Mm. Around Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky area, runs us about twenty five, maybe thirty bucks, depending on where you can find it. So it's a fairly accessible bourbon that you can get and. Right. be able to afford and for the
0: price it's actually
1: you know it's, it's, it's v- very smooth it's very smooth and
0: i'm and you know you're a big bourbon guy and i like bourbon but i'm very specific about the types of bourbons the types yeah. of whiskeys i like so there are some bourbons that i'm really not that crazy about we're yeah next week we're going to be doing wild turkey Got to be honest, I'm not a big wild turkey guy. I'm not crazy about it. There are certain bourbons, and I think a lot of people will respect that. Again, no yeah. disrespect to wild turkey. It's just not necessarily my thing. Well, Buffalo Trace, though, the, 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 it's an exceptional bourbon, and you can tell yeah. based on someone like myself, who's not necessarily, you know, die hard, go crazy for a bourbon type guy. Even though I am a big fan, you know, I, I do like a I'll do like a good Scotch. I like a good Canadian whiskey. Yeah. you got you These, got your this, ones that you like. Right, this one specifically, it is, when it comes to the bourbons, really stands out to me it, because of how smooth it is. Because of and because of how it is in that very affordable price range. Still.
1: Yeah, and I in my opinion, I think it's some it's it's a great introductory bourbon. For anybody who's not a big bourbon or just whiskey at large drinker, it's something yeah. that I find I mean, on the nose it's very it's like a very, very smooth smelling mm-hmm. It smells a lot like oranges. I get a lot of vanilla. Yeah, like vanilla, like... caramel, oranges. Yeah, yeah. Are, you are, about, very... are you talking about smell? Yeah, okay. smell. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. Which is something that most bourbons, most people—that's like some of the first things that they'll ever s- yeah, smell and taste—are like orange, vanilla, caramel, oak, or mm-hmm. wood. Smell I tasted. In there.
0: So when it comes to taste, yeah, I, I, the smell. It's fine. Like the smell doesn't necessarily stand out to me that much. Yeah, it's not. But like the taste big does. There. The taste does actually stand out to me when it comes to in comparison to other bourbons. I get a lot of vanilla right at the front, sharp vanilla. I really like mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. up at the front there, and then it, it kind of fades away into a spice, a, a very a nice spicy a kick at the yeah. end <laughs> there. And then I get a very uh br- a very brown sugary note a of an bit. aftertaste at the mm-hmm. end, and I just love that that kind combination of how, and how in the process it ta- like the chronological order and process yeah. that it takes and goes through there i really do think um it is it is an exceptional bourbon and i'm a big fan of it guys i can't I, yeah. I can't lie
1: yeah and i i mean i definitely agree with you it's something that it's something that as you said it's not there aren't big high at least that either of us i think can really tell there aren't big highs on the nose of it in the smell but when you get really into it You know, those flavors are some of like the most iconic flavors in any bourbon that somebody will get. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is, you you know, it's good that they have those in there, that they distill it that way. And so this is actually, this kind of brief segue off of this. This is coming off of their primary, um, their Mash Bill 1. Which we'll try next. That's the other Buffalo Trace bourbon that I have, or product that I have. It's their Mash Bill One, which is their the White Dog. Yeah, White. That's what like all bourbon, New Make bourbon is commonly referred to as like White Dog, White Lightning, something like that. So the
0: um, I mean the Buffalo the Buffalo Trace that we've been drinking up to this point, um, is that is, is their you know it's their Kentucky Straight Bourbon. It's something forty five percent. Alcohol, yeah, so it's 49%. ninety proof.
1: Yeah, so it's a ninety proof bourbon, and it's something that is aged and matured in their barrel warehouses for eight years. If I remember correctly, eight years. There you go.
0: Now listen to this shit. The Buffalo Trace White Dog Mash Number One Corn Rye and Malted Barley recipe is a sixty-two point five percent alcohol by volume, which means it's one hundred and twenty-five percent or one hundred and twenty-five proof. Yeah. This is strong shit, guys.
1: Mm-hmm. And that this is something. And that's kind of a good point to make. So, all this like new make that any bourbon distillery can do, by law, before it goes into the barrel, they can only distill it down to 125 proof or 62.5% by volume In before they put it into that barrel to mature in age. Oh, wow. So, this is about barrel proof. It's about barrel proof, but it hasn't just has not been aged. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay,
0: well, I'm going to I'm going to rinse our glasses real quick, or I'll get you a new glass. Oh, no, he just killed his very large glass of <laughs> Buffalo Trace. Uh okay, he's uh, that's right. Andy's ahead of me. He's got two glasses. So, I'm going to cl- I'm going to rinse out my glass real quick. Andy's already got a new glass, and we're yeah. going to pour a couple of these, and then we're going to try the uh mad the uh the Buffalo the white Trace dog. White Dog Mash number 1.
1: All right. And so while John goes and gets his glass cleaned out here a bit to go try this white dog, their new make. So they have four different mash bills that they do. Their mash bill one, which is as I was saying, all their mash bills are going to be fifty-one percent corn, because as a bourbon, that's what you have to do by law in America. And then they're going to do a bit of barley and a bit of rye. Their mash bill two, same recipe, it's just going to be a little bit more rye, like a couple percentage points more rye. Then their mash bill one, and then they have their weeded, which is I think what they use f- for their Weller and or the I know for sure their Van Winkle bourbons that they do as the weeded, but I think they might also do the Wellers.
0: Are you well. uh, are you ready to pour me a, a glass of it? Yeah, that's oh, right
1: here. And then they also have their rye that they do, um, their rye mash bill that they do, which is same logic as what a bourbon has to do is just replace the corn. with rye, 51%, and then corn and barley. And in the weeded is corn, wheat, barley, instead of corn, rye, barley. Gotcha. All right, so I'm going to pour John up a little bit here.
0: Looks like it's uh, speculated to be 75% corn, 10% rye, 15% barley.
1: And that's what most, most bourbon brands that I can find and that I've been on a tour with, they'll do... 75 70 to 80 percent corn and that's and realistically
0: i gotta i gotta admit i'm not a big fan of the the smell it comes at you hard <laughs> re-
1: yeah it it really kind con- i mean
0: and this is gonna clock in about twenty dollars a bottle it's looking like oh no, sorry that's for 375 milliliters it, i don't know yeah, why they're so, listing so that for
1: number. so i actually got this last night this is a How about um, double that this is a three seventy five milliliter. Oh it is. Oh, they do
0: uh, sell it in a small bottle. Okay. Yeah, they
1: they smell it in their really, really small bottles. They're three three seventy five mil. Okay, so that's bottles. gonna be about 18 dollars and yeah, it'll be about stuff. fifteen to twenty bucks. Yeah, depending yes, on where can, you are in the country. Yeah. And here in Kentucky here in Kentucky, the store that I go to that I can find it clocked in at about $15, 16 bucks after tax. Well,
0: it comes at you sh- it's strong. It smells pretty much like asking uh, and it's not like everclear, but it's like getting up there and as the yeah. in that the amount of it just kinda smells like alcohol. Yeah, to the upteenth
1: degree. Yeah, I mean it's something that really is a lot more in your face punch. Oh yeah, and it's you really can smell a lot more of the corn in it, Mm. like what a corn sweetness is in in a grain alcohol.
0: All right so guys this is the point in the show where we're going to tell you if you have your Buffalo Trace White Dog Mash number 1 uh, we understand we you know we didn't really it's, it's market not gonna be for everybody. we didn't really market this episode as a as a White Dog Mash number 1 episode is more of a Buffalo Trace one so i understand if you don't have the white mash with you uh, just pour yourself have another drink of your uh, original Buffalo Trace uh, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey if you do not have the ma- the White Dog and in the meantime Andy and I will we'll give it a try.
1: We'll give it a try here yeah. Hooey, that really does something to you. You can really, (laughs) I mean, you can really... Oh, buddy. Yeah, you can taste the corn in it. It's something that, it's it's, um, it's not for the faint of heart, I will tell you that.
0: No, it's absolutely not. As I can see, you're uh, you're struggling over here a little (laughs) bit. Don't worry.
1: I'm kind of going through the shot burps a little bit with it. I didn't shoot it, because it's not something that, in my opinion, at 62.5% alcohol, you probably shouldn't want to shoot, or else you'll be... Mm, you'll have major coughing fits and probably try to regurgitate it. Yeah,
0: I'm not in college anymore. I'm not shooting, you know, 125 proof yeah. whiskey.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I definitely would not advise to do that. So
0: it didn't the, the again, the uh it, I think it's actually a little different with this one. I think the the taste or I should say the
1: smell was very sharp, very sharp. Yeah, the very sharp and um smell a little bit mute, more muted, but still corn sweet. And I wasn't flavor. a fan of all, of all of the smell. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, no.
0: And uh, again, it's, it's not for my, it's, it's not my favorite uh, bourbon, uh, the white, the, the white dog. But based off of the smell versus the taste, I was actually pleasantly surprised. And, and yeah. with it being, I honestly, it's very strong and it's not super smooth because of how strong it is. But it, for the strength that we're we're dealing with here, I'm actually it, pretty impressed a, yeah. with how smooth it's it was. A, it's
1: a lot smoother than most. There's just alcohols that are above sixty yeah. percent.
0: Again, like the smell, very sharp at the very front. Uh, I think of the, of the taste, almost no aftertaste. In my opinion, yeah,
1: it was kind of like very quick hit on the note, at very sharp, the, sweet,
0: like very, attack very, right very at sharp, the beginning, sweet
1: and then kind of dies off.
0: Oh, yeah. Very, very quickly. And there's yeah. a little... Uh, I'm, I can't even place it. There's a little... After that sharpness, there's like a little... acetone or... Yeah. There's a little like, something there where it holds for a second, and then it fa- It, it fades just off. fades immediately. Like, drop, drops off. Yeah. Um, which I think is pretty nice. I, you know, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a person who I can get kind of grossed out by aftertastes, depending on what, what they're like. About, yeah. Exactly. So, I'm someone who um, I would rather have one that just drops off, and there's really no aftertaste at all, versus one where, um, you know, it's something I'm really
1: not a big fan of. So. Yeah. And... The reason I wanted to bring this kind of on – this was a last-minute decision for us to do. Yeah. And, but the reason I wanted to bring this on was to show since both this and their the flagship actual Buffalo Trace are the same mash bill, at least as far as they can find, they're the same mash bill. What I kind of wanted to go on and show is how much the barrel and the actual aging can have an effect on that whiskey, on that bourbon. Absolutely. Like how much, just sitting there in a barrel for eight years, in Kentucky heat in a warehouse, really just affects that whiskey. Yeah,
0: I just want to say, uh, especially with the Buffalo Trace uh, Kentucky Straight Bourbon, I just think at at this price point, at this taste, we're talking about the iconic it's nature. Very tough to beat. Yeah, the iconic nature of this distillery, the authentic feel of it, and just everything that they've accomplished over the over the centuries. It really is. It's tough to beat, and um, you know that's all I have to say about it. All right, Andy, do you have any yeah. final thoughts on Buffalo Trace, and we'll wrap this one up.
1: Um, I think I would say if you can find it right now, I definitely try and get a a bottle of it while you can. It might not be cheap right now, but definitely try and do it and
0: drink responsibly, drink have responsibly. fun, and listen to Distilled discussions. Yeah,
1: and as I like to say, the best type of whi- the best whiskey. That you'll ever drink is whiskey that you like to drink the way you like to drink it.
0: Exactly. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We really do appreciate it. We'd also appreciate your uh, your support, your continued support. And especially on this first episode getting launched, we really do need it. We'd so love make to sh- get
1: some opinions, too, and some ratings. Absolutely.
0: So make sure you look up Distilled Discussions. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud. Go to all Pretty those. Pretty
1: much everywhere you can yeah, find podcasts. Yeah,
0: anywhere. A podcast. Yeah, anywhere you get your podcast, go to those po- those podcast platforms. Subscribe, um, like us, leave a review, uh, whether it's positive or negative, you know, or it's in the middle. We want your genuine feedback. Yeah, um, we'd And, love and to we hear appreciate your that. Again, we're first episode, just getting getting our legs. Uh, but we, we you know we want your support. We appreciate your support. And if you do support us and help us out, we're going to continue to uh, have fun uh, hangouts, and we're we're going to drink all kinds of uh, alcohol here, and we're going to go to distilleries and breweries around the world we'll so give you some good exactly content. a video audio all of it so we really hope that uh you know you, you, you know you can be a part of that with us all right guys thanks again for listening to the show have a great rest of your week and don't worry america we'll be here to drink with you next week